Welcome to podcast number five of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors, a monthly program about creating and operating a successful financial planning practice. We're a presentation of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, known as ACP, a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique retainer-based fiduciary business model. I'm your host, Ken Robinson. On our show today, the profitable lifestyle practice. We often hear of small financial planning businesses described as lifestyle practices. The label implies that the advisor has greater than average freedom with their time, but we assume that in exchange, they accept a notable reduction in revenue compared with other practices. Does it have to be that way? Do you have to choose between limited business success and overcommitment of your time? Or is it really possible to have a life that's well-balanced and have a practice that provides a solid living? Our guest is Troy Von Hafen, CFP, owner and operator of Von Hafen Financial Management in Nashville, Tennessee. Troy has provided holistic financial planning advice to individuals, families, and small business owners since 2004. Troy, thanks for joining us. Excellent. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Troy, you don't see a conflict between having a life in balance and having a profitable financial planning business. No, not at all. Um, And and I find it really interesting that you ask that question just because for me, I've known no difference. And Mm -hmm. I think that's important because of how my practice has rolled out and grown uh, over the years. When you started your financial planning practice, uh, you had an intention to set it up this way? No, I don't think I was thinking that far ahead at that time. But because of what my life looked like and what my prior life professionally looked like, teed it up for me to end up where I am uh, very organically because of what I did in the past. Uh, and and being away from home and traveling uh, to migrating into the business and into the uh, planning world, um, it it's, it happened organically for me. You know, I was a professional guitarist in my past life, and I would come home, and when I wasn't out on the road, uh, I would be home and I'd be off. Uh, for the most part, unless I was doing sessions around Nashville, which I did. So I'd spend time with our young kids at the time, and my wife worked full time. So as things changed, and then I left the music industry, um, for me, it was very simple to look at what I'd learned in the past from traveling and being gone to figuring out what I wanted to do and how I wanted my life to look like as a business owner. And uh, fortunately for me, my wife worked full time so she could handle that and make a little money while I grew my practice. And when you talk about uh, being on the road, uh, you know, playing guitar, you weren't just kind of in the music business. You were really in the music business touring with headliners. Yeah. No, I I moved to Nashville in 1992 uh, as a guitarist and spent the bulk of my time working as a musician up here uh, with Leanne Womack and, uh, you know, traveled the world with her and several other uh, acts and 
uh, got to do and see some really, really great things. So yeah, no, I was in it. And um, I jokingly say I survived it and got out of it with my life too. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you telling me that uh, when you were touring, they didn't pay you to play music. They paid you to put up with what you had to put up with for the rest of the day in between uh, the last concert and the next concert. And I have to imagine that that informed your view of what would make a balanced life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's correct. Um, you know, it wasn't the hour and a half on stage that I was paid for, you know, it was the other 22 and a half hours out there of bouncing around on a bus or getting on a plane or here's a good example. Um, we, we would travel quite a bit, but like I said, when we were home, we were off. The problem was, is let's just take family vacation. So I remember one year we scheduled a family vacation in the middle of summer. And at the time, I think Hannah was our only child. Greta, maybe Molly was pregnant with Greta. Um, but um, we had scheduled a family vacation. And about a week prior to that, we got a call saying, hey, you know, you've got to fly out next Tuesday. Here's your plane ticket. You're flying out to L.A. and you're going to play the Tonight Show. You know, it doesn't work that way in Nashville that you just sub out and get another guitarist to go and play the Tonight Show for you. And and yeah. look, I, I know it sounds kind of funny even maybe for people listening to say, yeah, I'd give up my vacation to go play the Tonight Show. Well, yeah, you might do it once, but when you can't really count on scheduling a family vacation... Uh, it becomes problematic and it creates uh, a strain and it was just the piece of the industry that I didn't like. So my point is it was those experiences that put me in a position to say, hey, I want to create balance. I want to create balance in how I live my life moving forward. So as much as I might make it sound like I am where I am by dumb luck, it, it wasn't quite dumb luck. You know, there was a lot of intention and how I built uh, my practice and how I balanced my time. Well, I can certainly see how your experiences as a professional musician would have you feeling like there are certain things that you had to put up with in that world. You really don't want to put up with those having left that profession and how that might lead you to think, so, you know what? what are the other things that are going to be non-negotiables for me? So um, what do you remember as sort of the first time that you thought in putting this financial planning practice together, here are the hard limits where I'm going to protect my time and where I'm going to protect other aspects of my life. Well, I think as, as my practice grew in the beginning and in the beginning, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, when you've only got a couple clients, you have lots of time and you can remember every single nuance about that client. And it's just yeah. easy. Right. Yeah. And, yes. and now we, now we have to rely on stuff to help us with that. So back then it was really easy to not have a conflict with time. To be honest with you, I don't really limit my client time. So if a client needs something, I'm going to deliver that. I have a small staff and I always tell them that, um, really my motto for my practice is, of course. So if a client calls and says, whatever, I really want us to go to the end to be able to say, of course. Uh, I was on the phone with a client this morning who I emailed a week and a half ago 
uh, this whole new trade plan that we were going to do to rebalance their portfolio and their newer clients to me. So we're implementing this whole new strategy. And it's a two-page description of it, which normally I don't do, but it was so complicated, this was the easiest way to do it. So I emailed it. I didn't hear anything. Sent the email again about a week ago, didn't hear, hear anything. So I called this morning and, the, and um, the wife said, no, Troy, I didn't get the email. And of course, what happened was the email started going into the, her junk mail and she couldn't figure it out. But I spent 20 minutes on the phone with her trying to help her figure out why my emails were going in there. And it's just, for me, if I can do anything to help my clients that's within my ability, I'm going to do that. So I, I don't shut clients down time-wise, but because of that, it's really remarkable that my clients, they're not a drain to me. You know, my clients know when I'm on vacation, uh, if it's an emergency, they'll get in touch with me, which happens very rarely. Um, or if I'm just out of the office, they know that I'll be back. Um, and it's, it's part of the balance that I create. I think my clients sense that and they sense that I want that for them too. So you're not setting hard <laughs> limits on, uh, the time that you spend with clients, you're, uh, providing really, it sounds like a concierge level of service and yet your clients respect your time uh, enough that they just aren't being overly demanding for you. Exactly. I think that's a good way to put it. And, you know, there's a lot of things I've done for my clients that I think maybe other advisors wouldn't do. But for me, it just was the right thing to do because first and foremost, my job is to be human and kind and compassionate for my clients. Uh, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, when I go to bed, when my head hits the pillow, I feel really good about what I'm doing for my clients. So yeah, if, if, if my client needs it and needs me, I'm there, but they also just understand that because of that, they don't bother me. And mm -hmm. maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but they leave me space to do what I do. And even that call this morning with the client who had a problem with, uh, her email, um, she just, you know, towards the end of our conversation was asking, you know, hey, what's going on with you in the next month or so? Are you out doing anything fun? And I was like, yeah, my wife and I are going on a trip next week. Uh, we're going to go play golf. And, you know, she was so excited to hear that. And I think, again, when we create consistency in our message, that clients get that and they want for us as advisors, what we want for them, because they want us to be successful. So we're around to help them. So you, you've used the phrase, um, the consistency in, in the message. I can see how that plays out with your client relationships. If you're telling them that they should be living a full and balanced life, that they are expecting you to be experiencing the same thing in your life. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, I think it's just the relationship that we create and they see that I'm eating my own cooking. Right. That when, when we're aligned in values and the message I deliver is consistent with the message of me personally, 
uh, I think it really, really hits home with clients. And, and that's what creates that respect and natural boundaries uh, that we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got a really clear idea of the lifestyle part of your practice. I think one thing that makes you stand out is that you don't consider that inconsistent with the idea of running a really profitable business. Uh, So what's the secret sauce there? What's the truth that causes so many of us in the profession to think it's either or when you're living proof that it's both and? Right. Well, I'm in my 16th year of having my practice. And a lot of advisors who start out on the fee-only side have said that, yeah, the fee-only side is a, is a wonderful model to practice under, especially the ACP model, which you and I both, both love. The, the problem is it's a long road. And, mm-hmm. But once you get there, it's really wonderful. And that created a, a balance for us to where I could spend time growing my practice, taking care of the kids while they were young. And that gave me, again, time to develop my practice in a way to make it uh, work. So I was able to grow very slowly, which allowed me to not have to quickly go out and hire people or utilize things that were very expensive. I have a home office. I have a private entrance, which clients come directly into. They don't have to walk through my house and walk through my kitchen or anything. They come directly into my private office, which is like a suite. It's got its own uh, bathroom and it's a great setup. So I've had that. And, um, you know, so there's ways that I've saved money along the way, but also I found ways to become more efficient. And, uh, really the answer to your question comes down to efficiency Mm -hmm. of how to deliver wonderful client experience without having to cut our right arm off um, cost-wise. So I've been able to do that just through efficiencies. And part of that was realizing it's okay to be a little different. I eat a plant-based diet. I'm a, uh, I practice Tai Chi. Uh, I, I play a lot of golf, which I guess isn't abnormal. I'm a fly fisherman. I love my family. I love spending time with my wife. We've been married a long time and I still like being around her. So maybe that makes me different, but I think yeah. living, living our life in a different way is where the good stuff is. And that flows over to my practice. I want to carve my own path. And the way that I've been able to do that is through, uh, by capturing efficiencies. When you talk about capturing efficiencies, I know uh, one element of that has to do with how you use software to simplify the process of evaluating uh, client investments and what changes are going to be made. Uh, do you have another example of something, perhaps, you know, maybe another example of some technology that you're using to enhance your efficiency? So a few years ago, I had this real watershed moment when contemplating my practice that I realized what I wanted to create was what I would consider is a virtual practice. Now, that's specifically my definition of it. It's not uh, a virtual practice, meaning that the only clients I see are clients that I deal with remotely. 
No, clients still come to me, but the reason why I deemed it a virtual practice is because I want all the work done and the prep work done remotely, either um, by technology or by a virtual assistant. And I think that really cleared the air for me to realize that, hey, I can lean on technology and create these efficiencies. So just a couple, you alluded to the portfolio management software, but also just a really simple one is a scheduling tool. Uh, I use a tool called Acuity. And now having used it for several years, it's really, really neat because my clients are now used to it. So I don't have to talk to my clients about scheduling. So if you think about it, it's like with everything else we do financial planning wise. Uh, If we leave $100 $100 on the table a few times a year, that may not seem like much, but I always tell my clients, hey, if I can put $100 in your pocket, you know, I'm hoping you'll take it. So if we can put 10 minutes back in our direction for every client we see, boy, that sure adds up. And that's, that's what I strive to do when using technology. Every minute or two we can shave off of that, we get to decide then what we do with that. Do you say, okay, I want to put it back into the business or no, I feel like my business is in good shape. So now I'm going to put it into me personally. Which just strengthens, you know, when you put it back into you, it just strengthens who it is who's sitting in front of the client at their next meeting so that you can bring more to that relationship. Absolutely. My clients are happy that I go away and do stuff. Right. Because they know that I'm happy, right? Who wants to meet a curmudgeon, you know, for a meeting? Um, I mean, I want my dentist, who happens to be a good buddy of mine, I want him to go out and do things because when I go to see him, I want him happy and doing his job and not cranky. (laughs) Well, Troy, I noticed uh, that on your website, uh, about three minutes away from your home office, uh, there's that country club that you mentioned. Uh, I'm guessing that that was by design that you placed yourself so close to uh, a golf course, knowing how important golf is in your life. Yeah, it, it, it's really funny because we've we've lived here for 12 years in this location. And when we moved, absolutely it was by design that uh, it's great that we can we can walk if we choose. Uh, we've got a great fitness center there that we can go you know, I'll run there and and then work out and then run back. It's all by design. And I think the message with all of this is that, especially advisors, we spend so much time advising others and helping others that sometimes I step back and I look at other advisors that I talk to and I'm like, I, I think if they step back, they would give themselves different advice. So I think we need to make sure that we're taking our own medicine. Yeah, I uh, I agree completely. It's and it's one of the things that I think has uh, set ACP apart for so many years is that so many of our uh, members uh, they know that they should not be diagnosing themselves, and sometimes right. it just takes somebody else as the financial advisor's advisor to point out to them, you know, uh, you should be scheduling some vacation time too. I think having that, that perspective really helps. The other component that, you know, there's a lot of advisors who have 
what we would consider a lifestyle practice. I would just challenge everybody to say, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have a profitable lifestyle practice, serve your clients to the of course uh, goalpost, so to speak, that that's where you want to set the bar. Well, let's set that concierge service bar at uh, of course, uh, and you can still earn a, a very nice living and be paid above industry standards. I think that that uh, brings us to a really important point that uh, I think there a lot of our colleagues have an expectation that, well, if I'm going to have this kind of practice, I can't expect to earn beyond X dollars. I think it's a self-limiting process. I think that one of the reasons that more lifestyle practices are not more profitable is because those practitioners just don't believe it's possible. So they yeah. don't try they don't try the things, they don't take the steps to Absolutely. try to bring about the profitable lifestyle practice that you have and that others have. And you know, some of it has to do um with what I might just say is settling. Just right. simply settling to say, you know what, I've got 20 clients, you know, I do okay. And I only, you know, I I can still go to my you know, and play tennis a couple times a week, or, you know, I'm all good. I get to spend time with the grandkids or I can do this or that. Um, a lot, a lot of advisors with lifestyle practices simply seem to settle. And I think that's the other component of it is that even though I have a lifestyle practice and I spend a lot of time doing a lot of great things with my family and friends and a lot of great things for my clients, there's this huge fire that's in my gut. You know, I am just driven, but I think it really comes down to, you know, the, the fire that's inside us that uh, can help propel us. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. There's no substitute for that internal motivation. And I think that comes back to the question of what do I, as the professional, really want? What do I want to make my practice? What do I want to make my life? And I think you've been very successful at answering those questions and then bringing them about. So, so thank you so much for being with us, Troy. I I appreciate uh, having you on our podcast. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure, my friend. Terrific. Thank you. You've been listening to Troy Von Hafen, CFP, owner and operator of Von Hafen Financial Management in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a link to Troy's website in our show notes. This is podcast number five of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors from the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. ACP is a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique fee-only retainer model. For more than 20 years, ACP has trained advisors in the practices and tools of a comprehensive process rooted in the uncompromising values of fiduciary fee-only planning. Our members are pioneers and innovators who together have perfected a unique retainer-based, tax-focused, comprehensive approach, providing a distinct alternative in the financial planning marketplace. ACP offers a lower-cost associate membership for those who want to learn and apply ACP's methodology prior to becoming certified members. For more information, call 910 
769-1569 or visit acplanners.org.